So uh, if you would, in your Bibles, turn there, and we'll also have it on the screen, to Psalm 103. We're going to go verse by verse tonight through Psalm 103. Uh, we haven't done this in a, in a while. I don't know if I've completely ever done that here, but out on the road I've preached this. But I want you to see this. There's so many good things here that you just can't hardly bear it. It's so good. Amen. So, uh, you know, I, I've been in situations in life where I had golden opportunity to panic, frantic, hang, have anxiety, have fear. I preached on that, you know, this past Sunday about that. Uh, but it's best just to cast all the care on the Lord, all of it. Say, well, this is a serious matter. Well, it's not to the Lord. Nothing serious to Him in that sense. What we mean serious is grave or of grave or serious concern. Maybe it's a health challenge or whatever. And I'm not saying we take those things lightly, but I'll tell you, God's not thrown off. There's no blue lights and red lights and yellow lights going off in heaven. They're having an emergency meeting to see, you know, what they're going to do. So, uh, Everything really that's that can be done has technically been done by the finished work of Jesus, and uh, we need to walk in that and live in that and put a smile on our face and a spring in our step. And somebody says, "Well, didn't you just get a bad report, or didn't the doctor say, or didn't the accountant say, or the attorney, or the governor, or whoever about you in your case?" And you say. Yeah, but that has nothing to do with reality. Reality is Jesus bore my sicknesses. He carried my pains. By his stripes, I was already healed. I'm not trying to get a healing here. I'm not trying to get a blessing. It's already mine. It's got my name on it. In fact, I'm in the blessing uh, entity in the sense of being in Christ. The Bible tells us in uh, 2 Corinthians 5, if any man is in Christ, I think the Amplified says engrafted in. So we're engrafted in. We're a part of the vine. Amen. We may be a branch, but we're in the vine. We got the same juice in us that the vine's got. All right. Praise God. All right. So let's look at this before I get carried away preaching and we never get to the verse. Some people are so worried I'm going to get to the verse. And I said, well, it's been there 2,000 years and... You dig your Bible out from under the golf clubs and come to church, try to find it, you know. All right, Psalm 103 says, bless the Lord. Now this is, I take this as a, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not a, it's not a suggestion. I believe it's a commandment. And, and it's not a commandment just like, you know, you follow it blind obedience and like, you know, the Nazis here or something to tell you what to do. But this is, uh, a commandment from the Lord, and every commandment from the Lord in the Word has a blessing with it. You're, you're, it's not going to cost you something to do this. And uh, do we do it when we feel like it? Sure. When we do, we, do we do it when we don't feel like it? Well, there's the challenge. Sometimes, to be honest, you do, you just don't feel like blessing the Lord. You feel like cursing your neighbor instead, you know, or whatever. But um, it says, bless the Lord, and he's talking all the way to his inner being. This is David's psalm. Oh, my soul. He's telling his soul, the real him, which is the spirit man, is saying, 
to his soul, the mind, will, and emotions, bless the Lord. Hallelujah. And all that is within me, that's all my thoughts, all my words, all my intentions, all of my gestures and actions, uh, that's all, everything that's within me. Bless his holy name. Now, there's going to be some benefits here to doing this, and we're going to get into the benefits. And that's what we're preaching about tonight is forget not his benefits. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, which indicates that there may be a possibility that we could forget them. Because you can forget them. You can get so involved in the negative, so involved in the bad report, so involved in what your five senses are telling you, uh, that you can forget that you have benefits. You need to stop and say, wait a minute, you know, um, we were we were talking to uh, Sin- Sister Cindy Black, who was with us in our meeting in uh, Panama City Beach. Uh, how many remember Cindy Black? <laughs> She's going to be here for our April meeting, you know, with Pat Harrison, and it's going to be great. But uh, Cindy said she was going through all kinds of stuff, you know, just just life, just the hassles of life. Everybody experiences it, and she said. Um, that she's just shouted out sitting in her car, I have a covenant. <laughs> like, wait a minute, this is not supposed to be on my plate. I have a covenant. And you know, that's what we could say. If we go to the doctor and get a bad report, we need to shout out, I've got a covenant. Wait a minute. Because you know, they'll ask you, do you have insurance? Do you have Medicare Part B, C, D, double A, double, triple Z? You know, they come up with a new plan every five minutes recover you and uh you, you what we need to say you know yeah i've got a uh, policy it's with the covenant life amen well we've never heard of that company oh really let me tell you about it <laughs> an excellent chance to witness isn't it <laughs> i have a covenant with god almighty that's one of my benefits and you need to tell your soul that because your soul will say to you you know, you're, you're just kind of a, you're just kind of a pro, you got a problem here. And like Brother Shambach used to say, you don't have any problems, you just need faith in God. But the, but your mind and the devil will tell you you've got a problem and it's incurable and it's impossible. But the devil's a liar, liar, pants on fire. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Tell your soul what you're going to do. And don't forget his benefits. In fact, don't forget any of them. Forget not all his benefits. Remember, American Express Company used to say, membership has benefits. And I thought of that about the things of God. Being a child of God has benefits. It's not just the old rocky road, poor old me, I'm a pilgrim wandering out in the heat and the cold and can't find my way home. There's some old songs that say that. They're not good. Don't sing those. You know, just because they're old doesn't mean they're good. Now, there are some old ones that are good, and we sing the old ones that are good, but there's some old ones that are pretty sorry. And they all they talk about is struggle, and all they talk about is, you know, pathetic me. And that's not good. Don't sing that. Don't say that. 
I'll tell you what Brother Hagen did to us. You know, my dad was pastoring the Crawford Avenue Church of God in Augusta, Georgia in 1968 and 69 and 70. And long story short, you know, we ended up with a 10-day meeting with Kenneth Hagen in that church. And uh, uh, we were singing out of the convention songbook, you know. Y'all, some of y'all know about those. And some of the words were pretty bad about, you know, if heaven doesn't even happen and all this stuff, you know, just bad, if, an if song. What if the Bible is not even true? And they're just singing that and clapping their hands. We got the Hammond organ going and the piano and the beehive hairdos are shouting their curls down and the bobby pins are flying. When you were a child, you had to watch it. You can get your eye put out with a bobby pin flying at you. And, uh, so they were just a rocking and a rolling with some of these bad songs. Brother Hagen was introduced to the church. He was suspect because he didn't have Church of God credentials, so they didn't know what does that mean? What's wrong with him? Why isn't he a part of the only true church? And, uh, that was the mentality in those days. And so anyway, he gets that songbook. He's got his finger stuck in the page number we were just singing. And he gets, can you imagine what this does? He gets up, you, people would rather you attack anything than their music. I mean, you say something about a song and you got like hell to pay usually. And, uh, so he brings that songbook up and he says, let's look at the words to this song that we were just singing. Now some of the folks started shouting, thought, thinking he's gonna sing a verse of it. That would be the day that Brother Hagin sings. Cause he couldn't sing, he's completely tone deaf. We heard him sometimes. But, um, Anyway, he'd open the words and he said, well, I don't know who wrote this song, but whoever they are, they were ignorant of the Bible. Well, it happened to be that the guy that wrote it was the nephew of our song leader. That's who wrote it. Thank you, Brother Hagen. So I'm thinking, I'm looking over at my mother and I'm thinking, pack, we got to get boxes. We're leaving here. They're going to run us out of here on a rail. And they did eventually. They, they they did win at the end, but uh, but uh, because you know there was some problems. One is Brother Hagen didn't like the song, so he went through it and showed him how unscriptural that is, and said, "Why would anybody sing that?" Well, you could hear a pin drop. It became the Mormon Tabernacle pin drop experiment, you know, where you could hear the the ding in the floor. Uh, then, you know, Aretha, she had on too much makeup and jewelry in those days. It was before the cog got liberated. So, you know, they said, well, she's wearing too much makeup and jewelry. He had a brand new Cadillac. Some of them didn't like that. What's a preacher doing with that? I mean, it just never ended. He did not make friends. And um, I often say, Brother Hagan caused us to have to move. But... uh it was okay because we got so much enlightenment. And you know, once you, once you have, I've told you all this, once you have revelation, you can't go backwards. You can't. You know, once you know the truth, you're not going to go back into, into, you know, like a dog returning to the vomit. You're not going to return to vomit. Amen. So we got set free. Thank God. So, you know, now I'm really free and I don't care what anybody says about me or to me. Just knock yourself out. Praise the Lord. Enjoy yourself, because I'm going to preach the truth, and we're not going to have religion. Religion doesn't set anybody free, it binds them up, amen? Well, Brother Hagin, he didn't know he was insulting the family member, the 
that that guy ended up being the state overseer of Florida later. Praise the Lord. But uh, um, anyway, it, it says here that we have been going back to that. We want to sing songs and say words that agree with Scripture. Well, I don't care whose doctrine it is. And uh, every now and then, I'll, I, I still have to watch it. I'll hear a song, and it's, it's, you know, I've got this sort of slide rule thing about, you know, the words. They can, you know, I'm not quite as uptight about them as I used to be. But still, there's certain things that I'll just go, no, we're not singing that. We're not, we're going to change the words, or we're not singing it. Amen? Because uh, I don't know what I'm on this for. Maybe help somebody. But um, mute. Uh, a song, all it is, is a confession set to music. There's called lyrics, amen? It's the words to the song. And so we want to make sure that we're singing, that we're talking, that we're praying, even in line with the word. Because you say, well, they're praying. Well, they're not really. You're not, if You can't get the Holy Spirit to hook up with you unless you're praying the word. Preach, pastor! Praise the Lord. <laughs> All right, I'll encourage myself. All right, let's start with this list. How many want to know the benefits of being um, uh, a child of God? Number one, who forgiveth most of thine iniquities, but not really bad stuff, because he's got to hold something against you. Is that what it says? What does it say? Forgiveth how many? All thine iniquities. Now, I said this the other day, and um, a couple of you raised your hands. You can relate to it. Have you ever been like laying in bed in that in that, twi- in that limbo part where you're not asleep and you're not quite awake, and the devil will start talking to you? He'll bring up every foul thing you've ever done or said, all the way back to four years old. You know. You uh, stepped on a frog or whatever, you know. I'm telling you, and you'll lay there, and if you don't watch it, you know, that stuff will just eat you up. And uh, I've often said, I don't know why we don't just get up and go to the other room if somebody's asleep, turn on the light and get the Bible out and read it and tell the devil to shut up and say, the Bible says that all of mine iniquities have been forgiven. And that doesn't apply to me anymore. That person that did those things has been transformed, has been redeemed, has been justified, has been made righteous in Christ. And shut down his show. Who healeth all thy diseases. All of them. Remember somebody one time got came down with a with a very serious diagnosis and kind of a weird thing and and uh and I of course automatically you know I just go well we'll just believe God we'll have them you know a miracle and they said well have you ever heard of anybody that was healed of this I said what is that what difference does that make well I don't know I've just never heard of anybody getting healed of that Okay, then stop talking and put your nose in the Bible. It says here, for healeth all thy diseases. Well, I don't care if you've got 
you know, we were at, we were in Panama City this week, and we passed a like a chiropractor's office. He actually had a sign. I can't believe this. He had a sign, you know, that changes, you know, a digital sign. It said, condition of the week, like it's a club you could join. Condition of the week, uh, neck and back pain. You know, that's his condition of the week. Some people talk like that. You know, they're proud of they've got the, you know, I'm only one of four people that's ever been diagnosed with this, Pastor. And it's like, wow, <laughs> you know, do you get a hat and a badge to wear? I mean... You know, I'm telling you, it's just crazy the way people think sometimes. And you want to go, I, I, first of all, don't claim it. Don't call it my arthritis, my cancer, my condition. Don't claim it. Don't put your name on that. You can say, well, the devil is trying to do this to me. The devil has attacked me. He's come against me with this, but I don't receive it. And I'm not putting my name on it. And I'm telling you, I'm not against the medical community. I'm not. I thank God for whatever they can do and pray for them in areas they can't do. But you gotta watch the way they talk to you. Cause they'll, they'll, they'll want you in the name of mental health, they'll want you to accept everything they're telling you. And, and if you don't, then they'll say, well you're in denial and you're not accepting this and we need to have some social worker talk to you. And I'm telling you, you'll get neck deep in the federal government before you're done with it, if you're not careful. And you have to say, a lot of stuff you just say under your breath. You might want to wear earplugs when you go. What'd they say? I don't know, I didn't hear a thing. Well, that went quiet, but it's the truth. But you know, you just, you just want to say, well, thank you for your opinion. And you keep practicing medicine because y'all ain't quite there yet. But if you if you if you if you take it hook, line, and sinker, everything that those people tell you, I don't know if you're going to survive or not. But but I'll tell you if you'll just I've I've gone from the doctor's office, sat in my car, and before I started the engine, sat there and declared the word of God over myself. And I've said I don't receive what that. A person just told me. I don't receive it. Amen. Not going to receive it. Whatever that would be. Amen. Anybody with me tonight? Let's keep preaching. If it hair lips the devil. All right. Who redeemeth thy life from destruction? Who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies? Praise the Lord crowns you with that. A crown is something of authority and power and status and anointing. Amen. Who satisfies thy mouth with terrible things so that you'll remember whatever. No, who satisfies thy mouth with good things. God wants us to have good food to eat. Good clothes to wear. Amen. Good cars to drive. Those things. Amen. Um, that's God's will. That's God's best and blessing. And he wants our mouth to be enjoy- satisfied with a good thing. Thank you, Jesus. So that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. I don't care what your numerical number is or whatever. That's a That's not good grammar, is it? 
Praise the Lord. I'm still struggling with the King's English on my whole life. Uh, but I don't care what the number is on your age. You can declare that my youth is renewed like the eagles. And I have vitality and life. And as long as I want to live on this earth in this body, it's going to do what I tell it to do. Amen. Because this is our earth suit. This is our vehicle, our biological vehicle that God has given us to walk around on the earth and to do the things that we do and to do his will. And uh, boy, everything needs to work right, doesn't it? And you, and so if you say, oh, I don't know, I guess I'm getting old. I mean, I had a relative say to me just a few weeks ago, we're just getting old. We just need to admit it. And I thought, I'm going to say that my youth is renewed like the eagles. I'm not going to go around saying how, well, I'm just so old, I can't even make it. Well, go ahead and, you know, be Pooh Bear with that if you want to. But I'm telling you, uh, or Eeyore the donkey, but... You know, get it, get it straight. Praise the Lord. Uh, I sound like a, I sound like a 1980s word of faith guy, don't I? But I'm telling you, that's what I am. Sorry, but I got brainwashed by Brother Hagen and his songbook attack. Uh, and so these are, these are benefits and they are already yours. They belong to you. They belong to me. They belong to the child of God. And so say that out loud. Say, these are my benefits. And I'm going to, isn't it great to get perks and benefits? And, you know, I got a couple of restaurant chains that I got dine-in rewards, they call it. You know, you go to Outback or wherever. And if you sign up for that, every fourth visit, you get $20 off your meal. Praise the Lord. So, uh. That's a benefit of being a member of the club. Well, we got a club that we're a member of called the Family of God. And we're heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. And these are our benefits. And if we're living beneath these benefits, we need to start enforcing them. You know, or if you're, if you've got like a hotel chain or something that you get, you know, points or airline and they got those points messed up, you know, you get a report. That they'll mail you and you or online or email and you see it all messed up. You you call them up eight hundred number. Wait seventy four minutes and you get an actual person. I called my bank like two days ago on a thing and they said, um, "Your wait time is seventy four minutes." I thought you have got to be kidding. I hung up and tried to figure it out online. That's what they want us to do, you know. And, of course, you get somebody, I don't mean to be unkind, but you get somebody, you know, from India or China or wherever that you're talking to, and I can't understand anything they're saying. And I don't want to be rude, but I'm going, you know, could you repeat that? I end up saying that like nine times. And then they, you get this, you know, we're going to transfer you, and then you get disconnected and you start over again with 74 minutes. So, um, anyway, it's just... But it's, it, you know, you want to check up on your points and see what you've earned and you get an upgrade or a something, right? And, um, we've got upgrades here. We got upgraded from the miry clay and the pit and the darkness and the world talks problem 
and need and lack and failure 24-7. We're going to be the peculiar people. In their minds, we're weirdos. I don't care. Call me whatever you like. Knock yourself out. But I'm going to follow the word. And be, I'm going to see, I want to see my benefit list. Is anybody with me tonight? So we end up with renewed youth. That's pretty good. It's better than, you know, Ponce de Leon said he found it in St. Augustine. I don't know. I'm not seeing that do anybody much good. But, uh, and in Georgia, they pronounce it Ponce de Leon, by the way. But uh, that's not the right, that's not right, but that's what we say. Uh, anyway, you know, he said the fountain of youth, but we have found the fountain of youth. And it's the blood of Jesus. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. Amen. That's our fountain of youth. The Lord executeth. I bet you didn't say that very many times today. Executeth. The Lord executeth righteousness. See, we think the Lord executes, you know, sin and, and, uh, <laughs> he's mad at everybody. Well, that's not what David said here. He says he executes righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. Praise the Lord. We were oppressed, but now we're set free. He made known his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. And we got a better covenant than they did. I mean, that's what Hebrews says. Uh, a, a better covenant with better promises on a better sacrifice. And so if the point is, is whatever the Lord did in the Old Testament for the children of Israel, we get that plus. Say, well, they, you know, they're God's chosen people and therefore that's why they got it. We get nothing. No, that's not right. It's not bad. That's bad doctrine. Praise God for their covenant, but we've got a better covenant. And um, that's not anti-Semitic or anything wrong with that. It's just the truth, and it's what uh, Paul's revelation is all about, to tell us about what we've got, our benefits, our covenant. And then I use pulpit time to remind everybody of this is our deal. <laughs> the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger. Do we think he's ready to just... With a big tick, you know, you could go to Stucky's back in the day and they'd have these Texas fly swatters, they were called. Remember those? They were like the plastic about this big, you know, the great big handle. It was a joke because everything's bigger in Texas, including the flies. We used to make, you know, when we lived in Oklahoma, there was this rivalry between Oklahoma and Texas and we lived in Tulsa. Praise the Lord, God's holy city. And uh, we used to find somebody that was from Texas, and they're usually very, very, very proud of that fact. And so we would tease them. We'd say, did you know that it's illegal to kill a fly in Texas? And they'd say, really, why? Well, it's the state bird. Anyway. <laughs> so, you know, the Texan people, they get up in arms over that. And they go, remember the Alamo? Or I don't know, something. Uh I love that. He, he is slow to anger. He's not the Texas fly swatter going to smack you down the least little infraction. 
a little problem you have, he's, he's ready to just bite your head off and spit it in the street. That is not the Lord. He's slow to anger, plenteous in mercy. Plenteous in mercy. However much mercy you need, he's got that plus for everybody else. He doesn't run out of mercy. Have you ever had to throw yourself on God's mercy? I have. I've had to say, Lord, I've got this so messed up that I'm just asking for mercy. I'm down to that. I'm not claiming anything but that I'm your child and please have mercy upon me. And he does. I've gotten out of a lot of sticky stuff, situations, with his mercy. How about you? Have mercy on me. Oh, thou son of... Like that woman, you know. Oh, uh, thou son of David, have mercy on me. He said, it's not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. And she said, yea, Lord, but the dogs eat of the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And he said, this is the greatest faith I've seen. That's what Jesus said. Hallelujah. She'll take a mercy crumb. Sometimes a mercy crumb is all you need. And just admit it, you know, uh, uh, the hundred and we won't turn there, but the hundred seventh Psalms set, Psalm says that uh, fools are uh, afflicted because of their iniquities, but they cry to the Lord in their trouble, and He delivers out of them out of their destructions. Even if it's a self-made destruction, He still will deliver you. I've had people at healing school, you know, when I worked there at Rama. I had people at healing school that would come and they'd say, well, this sickness is on me because of, you know, some lifestyle choices, you know. Maybe they, you know, smoked their whole life. Now they've got a, a lung issue or, or you know, they got into sexual sin somewhere and there was, uh, you know, a problem. We had people come with those problems. And they'd say, now I'm sick and now, you know, I want to get married and I don't, I don't want to pass things on and that kind of thing. And, I don't know what to do. I said, just throw yourself on the mercy of God. Healing belongs to you too. See, quit and just stop. Amen. And just say, all right, I'll just release my faith, receive forgiveness, receive my healing, receive the whole deal. All right. I got on jeans tonight because I drove truck all day. So here I am. Praise the Lord. At least they don't have holes in them. There you, go. My, you know, I don't know what this holy gene thing is, you know, because uh, my mama would sew a patch on that, you know, iron-on patch, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm just from another era. I don't know. I'm pretty sure I am. All right. Thank God. Uh, uh, plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide. Neither will he keep his anger forever. He's not going to be mad at you forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sin. See, see, again, the religious church thinks that God deals with us uh, sin by sin. But he doesn't dealt with us according to our sins. Nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. Aren't you glad? You have to, you don't have to pay for that. Jesus paid for it. That don't seem fair. Isn't that the glory of it, the beauty of it? It's not fair. It's not fair that Jesus had to go to the cross. It's not fair that he had to suffer and die. But he did 
Because why? Because of John 3.16. For God so loved the world that He gave us this gift, this unfair, lopsided gift where we have nothing to exchange but problems. Sin, sickness, failure, craziness, wrong thinking, wrong confession, wrong everything. We were just wrong. And God took all that, swallowed it up in love, and gave us new life, the everlasting. Praise God. That'll preach. Well, that just doesn't seem fair. It's not fair. Get over the, go to the state fair if you need a fair. Uh, eat a, eat a, you know, fried whatever they fry now. Fried Twinkies. Uh, for he has not rewarded us according to our iniquities. He's, and this is pre crucifixion. This is written. This is looking towards the, the sacrifice. And he says he has not, uh, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. He's rewarded us according to his grace and to his mercy and to his love. Wow. I don't know if this is helping you, but I'm on, I'm on fire tonight with this revelation. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. That's, that's a lot of mercy, isn't it? As far as the east is from the west, as far, so far, hath he removed our transgressions from us. How many believe this is a nice chapter in the Bible? Like as a father pitieth his children, has mercy on them, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him or reverently respect him. For he knows our frame, he remembers that we are as dust. As for man, his days are as grass, as the flower of the field, so he flourisheth. For the wind passes over it, and it's gone. The place thereof shall know it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. Upon them that fear him. How many here fear the Lord, have reverential fear? And his righteousness unto our children's children. You can claim that. you got wayward grandchildren. And, you know, kids go through stuff. That everybody's had, like one guy said about his son, that this, this friend of mine, his, I mean, respect, this guy was like Mr. Respected in the community. Uh, a great, a great businessman and so forth. Police called him and said, your son is, been caught at the 7-Eleven stealing a six-pack of beer. And uh, they said, uh, he told me his name, so I called you. I thought, well, instead of running him in, I thought you could just come deal with your son, pick him up. Thanks for calling me. He goes over there, and his wife said, what are we going to do? You know, she's just upset. What are we going to do? He says, oh, he's just going up Fool's Hill. He'll have to come back down. I love state sayings like that. Well, anybody here, don't raise your hand. Ever been up Fool's Hill and had to come back down? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I've been there. Done stupid things and had to come back down. But uh, that's how the Lord looks at, at uh, uh, upon us. Amen. 
And so his righteousness is unto our children's children. Amen. And on and on and on, because it's an everlasting covenant. To such as keep his covenant. There it is. There's the word. I have a covenant. Everybody say, I have a covenant. And to those that remember his commandments to do them. The Lord hath prepared his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom ruleth over all. Bless the Lord, ye his angels, that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. Bless ye the Lord, all his host, ye ministers of his, that do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Ah, praise God. I tell you, if that didn't put something in you, you're just hopeless, I guess. I, I don't know. This, to me, just blesses me. And if you, like I said, if you can't shout on that, your shouter is broke. But, uh, you know, if you get down in the dumps a little bit and a little discouraged, get out some of these Psalms and read them out loud and, and, uh, and declare them over your life. And if your bills, you can't pay your bills, put them in a pile and stand on top of them and declare that you're an heir of God. Amen. And, uh, Take your medical report and do the same thing or some ugliness from family members or whatever and just declare the word over them. Thank you, Lord. We surround them with faith and love. We surround them with peace. We speak peace to their turmoiled, horrible life. But, you know, God is bigger than that. God's great. My mother, one time, I'll tell you a little testimony. My mother, who's very spiritual and hears from God, She's, she, she, this April, she'll be 91. She's competing with you, Frank. Praise the Lord, you know. And, but, uh, my mother, she, she can hear from God and she was with a friend of hers and they were at a, gonna go up to a restaurant to eat and there was a payphone. This was back in the days when everybody didn't have cells, you know, and there was a payphone stuck on the outside of the building, a little booth. You remember those little half things? And, uh, and he's standing there, and my mother gets a quarter out of her purse, and she goes over to him, and she said, You need to call your mother. It was this teenager. You know, obviously, he's got his backpack. He's running away from home. He says, You need to call your mother, and he starts crying. He's an Assemblies of God pastor's son, on the run, going to run away from home. You know, he's going up Fool's Hill. And, uh, you know, somebody said, Don't ever leave home and get your own life, it's a trap. Stay there, you know, there's a warm bed and there's soup on the, you know. But uh, anyway, he's gonna. He's in rebellion. He's out living like the devil and trying to, you know, make it on his own. He doesn't have a half sense. But he's he's out there and he's, he's just all down in the dumps. And my mother said, and he instantly started crying. He said, how did you know what I need to do? She said, the Lord told me. Now, come on, get with it, you know. And so he went to the payphone, called his mother. They came and picked him up, had a reunion, and, you know, he got right with the Lord and everything straight. But praise God, you know, hey, we've all been there. We've all been offended or whatever, you know, happens and, 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 and make choices that aren't good. But we need to just declare over them, you know, our grandchildren. Is it, is this relate to anybody? Grandchildren, great grandchildren or, 
nieces, nephews, or family, or friends, whatever, uh, things are going wild and wrong. And we, I, I tell you what, we've declared over our children. We said the devil can't have them. He thinks he can. But Deuteronomy 28 in the curse section says that one of the curses is that we will watch our children being taken over by other people. We will long for them and we can't have them and it will be a destruction. But the Bible tells us that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of that law. And that that thing there, that curse, doesn't belong to the children of God. Well, there it is in the Bible, I know, but also the reversal of that's there. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they, we've got parts of the Constitution that got, you know, they amended it and it's made it null and void. That's the way the law works. This is the greatest law book ever. Amen. So read the whole story. Don't just get stuck on one. Well, here it is in Deuteronomy. If I don't wear a tablecloth on my head when I enter the church, you know, I can't be blessed. Well, get out of Leviticus or whatever and get over into Paul's revelation. You'll see what belongs to you. Amen. Is that helping anybody? So we're blessed.